All right, so this is Todd Atkins, and uh, this episode we're going to discuss the uh, Bare Knuckle FC Knuckle Mania event that just happened and the controversy surrounding Austin Trout versus Diego Sanchez, where it looked pretty clearly like uh, Trout's team was uh, using grease on uh, Austin Trout's back of his neck and shoulders, and uh, that they just overly greased him to uh, avoid the clinch, you know, the uh, hand behind the head punching, which is legal in bare knuckle FC, but illegal in boxing. So uh, it's pretty controversial. Uh, Diego Sanchez is uh, since uh, disputing it, you know, he's filed a complaint with the commission. So we'll see how that turns out. And uh, as always, you know, check out my YouTube channel. I mentioned on the last episode, uh, I'll be doing some, you know, more live stuff there. And uh, I keep all my content there. Uh, this I tend to update a little bit late sometimes these uh, audio episodes but i'll try to do better with that so as always anyone takes time to listen to this i appreciate it take care all right so this is todd atkins and miguel adorati and we're kind of here with an impromptu or emergency mma conspiracy hour because this uh austin trout diego sanchez uh greasing issue has kind of come to light in the last, you know, maybe hour or so from what I was paying attention to online. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. You know, Miguel has a lot of experience in boxing and with commissions, of course. So this is something we're going to get into. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, Miguel, is, you know, first seeing the greasing as you did, just give me kind of your initial thoughts on what you saw. You know, I think Austin Trout and his corner got caught uh, with a, what I would term a veteran move, you know? And I think, I think I say that with respect to Trout because I think Trout at one point in his career was one of the top 10 boxers in the world. You know, I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly thought he was good and I still think he's good, obviously. And I thought he was going to run this guy over anyway in this fight. Um, you know, again, with respect to Diego too, but not in this game. And I thought Trout had a little bit of a, the, the right mean streak kind of thing and the right mentality because not everybody can cross over. But I think that that crossover makes people think. And I think with a veteran team like that, they might be looking for a little advantage there. And they got, they, they're caught on video, so it, it's seen. But I think it was a deliberate move by a veteran team looking for a little bit of an advantage just because there are X factors in BKFC that they are not in boxing. Yeah. And I think that's important before we continue for anyone who's not familiar with BKFC, because I see people online who aren't, they can hold and hit in bare knuckle fighting. They can hold behind the head and hit. This is illegal in boxing, perfectly legal in bare knuckle. So greasing of the neck and shoulders, this is a problem, you know, as to where in boxing, it might, you know, it still wouldn't have been looked on fondly. I would think, but it is a real problem to do that in bare knuckle FC. So this is important for people to understand as we continue. Now, I want to ask you, Miguel, do you think Trout told this guy to do that? I think, I think it wasn't by mistake. You know, maybe, the, maybe his, I think it was his personal entourage, his corner man or a cut man that was with them who actually did it. So they know each other. And maybe that guy's a senior guy in the group and he can make a decision like that on the fly. This is this is kind of rough. If I can slip this in there, nobody notices. 
And live at the show, nobody noticed. And that's part of the problem here. Because, you know, uh, proper operation by the Boxing Commission, the commission would have somebody, and they probably did, but they would have somebody stationed in both corners whose job is to observe the behavior of the cornermen. And they should have noticed that. It's pretty blatant from what you saw in the video. He comes from greasing the face to giving him a nice swath on the back, like a pat on the back, a little massage. Look, Looks innocent and, you know, an unqualified person in the corner missed it. Or a qualified person missed it and they made a huge mistake. But it is a mistake. The Boxing Commission should have caught it. There should have been a timeout. Trout should have been at least warned. I don't think you can take a point there, but at least warned, and he should have been forced to wipe off. And if that had happened, you know, you, you hear Diego's pissed on the internet now. How do you think he would have felt with all the heat in the fight? And that may have been a game changer in some way. You know, so um, you can see Diego's point. You don't like to be cheated against also, you know. And I, but I do think, I do, th I don't know if Trout said, hey, you know, grease me up because this, this is going tough in the middle of rounds and the guy did it. But I do think that it was an option for them. And it, somebody had the grease. It was there, you know. They didn't leave it in the locker room. And these guys are, this was a, a one of the best boxers in the world in the heyday of Mayweather and those guys, you know. And this guy was, is good. And those guys don't leave much to chance. And also, boxing also comes with us against the world mentality. You know, and they they weren't in their world anymore. So I could see them thinking, yeah, you know, closing the wagons. And like I said, it's a veteran move. It's not really. In, in BKFC, in boxing, it would be illegal to grease too much. You see them clean boxers off. In the UFC, you've seen them take the guy back to the corner and clean him off. In the past, it's happened. So this boxing commission just fell asleep. Yeah, and I want to ask you, like, I assume Baranoko FC wanted Trout for more than one fight. You know, this is a big name. This is a guy who was, Malignaggi, he was a big name too, but not the talent that Trout was. You know, and I would assume that they were hoping to have him for several fights, which is why they gave him Diego first. How does this handle this? I mean, this does this blow that up? I, I don't know. I, I You know, it depends how much money Trout might have on the table because, you know, at the end of the day, money speaks. I don't know, you know, how great BKFC has done with their huge money signings. Like, you know, um, they don't have a huge retention on them. Like, you know, I think of Malignaggi, like you mentioned, Paige Van Zandt, um, Tiago Alves, you know, who did well in his show. You know, they went into his hometown in Florida and didn't call him back. So um, some of the big money signings that they do for splash, they sometimes seem to do for a one-time splash. So I don't know if they plan to have Trout back. If they did, Trout may not want to come back. You remember, I think they plan to have Malignaggi back, but after the, you know, after the way the judges treated him and stuff, Malignaggi didn't, didn't even feel like he wanted to try it again, you know? Um, so, I, it could go either way. I don't think BKFC's future was Austin Trout. But, I mean, he had a much better experience than Diego from the fight perspective. I mean, I mean, 
than uh, Pauly, you know, because he dominated the fight and, you know, ended up stopping Diego. So mm-hmm. he had a better experience than Paul. You would think if that if someone would come back, it would be him. Yeah, no, no. In general, he did well. He got loose and he saw that his thing works in this game, you know, and he took out a name. They did they did do him a favor in the matchup because, you know, at the skill level, you've got, you know, a break dancer going to play ballet. You know, it's not the same exact thing. It's dancing, but come on, you know. Trout is a ballet dancer compared to Diego, and it shows, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I think if the money was right, he, he would have come back. But now, like I said, if he gets egg on his face, this could even lead to – I think the corner man should be suspended. I don't think Trout should. Um, I think the corner man should be suspended. Um, I think uh, that the fight could possibly be ruled a no contest. You do have a very serious point with the clinching, and I'm sure that that's where Diego will, you know, will take that defense. And uh, so it could turn into a no contest. And what does that do? You know, does he want to come back and avenge and correct it? Or, you know, I'm not saying a rematch, but just come back and, you know, get a win officially without any issue or whatever. Or does he just say, ah, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I think it's up in the air. I think I, I think this whole thing has to play out. Contest and the uh, corner man who applied the uh, the stuff should be suspended. So you don't think Trout will have any punishment? If the corner man responds to his suspension by saying, hey, wait a minute, Austin told me to do it. Yeah, he'll probably be in trouble. But like I said, you've got a veteran team there. I think I think they got caught. I think the guy's going to take the fall. Now, for people that don't know, this was in Albuquerque. So who would handle some investigation like this? Do you even think there'll be one? The boxing commission. There's a boxing commission in Albuquerque. I don't think that, um, well, I know that they're not a, a commission funded like the New Jersey or New York or California or Nevada commission. So at times like this, they actually may even resort to part-time or volunteer commissioners to cover events, including the people in the corners, including the people in the locker rooms, and everybody is supposed to just be observing and watching stuff. So again, I think they were in over their head, and I think, but you know, a, a, a new promotion comes in, which means they get to charge. I believe it's probably $5,000. So it's not no longer now $75 and $50 for the licenses, but the promoter's got to pay at least have on bond a large amount of money. You know, 5,000 might be 10 in Vegas. I think, you know, that number there is for the incoming of a new commit uh, sport. So Feldman would have had to write that check. And that, that was enough for them to say yes to the whole thing. Nobody thought to say, how many people on this commission, how many people does this commission have in Albuquerque? You know, and then how many temporary people, how many have experience in doing anything close to a bare knuckle fight? Have they gone out of state? Have they been invited? Have they seen it? Has anybody seen it? None of those questions get asked. The commissioners just get told, hey, you're scheduled, go. It's a bare knuckle thing, be careful, you know? But I'm sure that none of the other really important points as to who has experience to do what they're going to do recognizing that it's different than boxing because if not you're going to be in for a shock you think you're going to a boxing match and you go to bkfc it's not the same thing and it is 
um, raw, impactful, you know, in your face, especially at the commission level where you're right by the ring. Even the sound is different, you know? So you need people with a real experience and a real clear head if their job is to just observe that the corner doesn't rub cream on their fighters or give them, you know, inhalants or that sort of stuff, you know? And in this case, the commission, that commission failed to do that. And so it is on the commission. And again, I, I, I put forward to you that the commission system was born in the 40s of last century. And for the early parts of MMA, the commissions reacted in two different ways. One was ban it, can't do it. Number two was let it go. We, we're not involved. We wash our hands of it. And people were able to operate in those states without a commission. And, you know, if anybody died, which thankfully no one did, but if anybody had died, the commission could say we weren't involved. And that's how they dealt with MMA, like, you know, ostriches with their head in the sand for a while. Then the Fertitas and Dana had meetings and explained to them that the similarities with boxing are enough on paper, fighter, fighter, corner, corner. Look at this, you know, the promoter, matchmaker. Those are all licenses you already issue. And that's a great oversimplification of teaching somebody a sport. But those are the basics of what happened. And on top of that, you add to the fact that it's a different sport. So now, let's say I'm a trainer, and I train a fighter for an MMA fight. And I'm going to be in his corner. I pay the commission for a license to be in the corner. If I also train a boxer and I'm going to corner a, a boxing match, even though I have an active license in MMA, they will charge me again and, and pay and I'll pay for a boxing corner license. So it, it sort of doubled their money because everybody had to be recharged. You know, they're not double their money, but anybody that see when a sport comes in, now all the boxing promotion stays there, and now they're adding every MMA promotion to the tiller. So it was it was making money for the commissions. A lot of events now, you know, state runs 30 events. That's 30 active events with all the commissioners, you know, everybody working. And, you know, big, big commissions have employees that are state employees, you know, five or six employees in an office. You know, some smaller ones don't have that type of resource. That's why the, the, the hopping around that promotions do, such as Bellator, that goes to weak promoted states, you know, with steroided fighters or, or geriatric fighters, you know, um, things like that can be, you, you can pick and choose. Even the UFC wasn't getting satisfaction in Nevada with John Jones, so they've moved to California show. So the, the boxing commissions have, uh, 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 they seem to have an inability to exercise the power that they are there to exercise. They seem to be afraid, you know, to count, they count out of the almighty dollar. They seem to be afraid to shut things down because this, this brings me to your favorite subject. And I can't believe I'm doing this, Todd. I can't believe it. But 
I'm going to talk about slapstick, and I'm only going to call it that now. I, I I don't care what it really is called. I'm only going to call it slapstick. And this is power slap for those of you that don't get Miguel's humor. So, Miguel, please continue. The uh, the boxing commissions once again. Now the now you've got MMA. You know, boxing MMA BKFC got accepted there again. It, more licenses, but not a new sport. We have to understand. So the same thing happens with power slap. The promoter, oh, you know, Dana comes in there with a five thousand dollar check. You know, there you go, do this for me. You know, I mean, that's the kind of power he seems to have, right? But they got the the promoter check. Every fighter there got charged for a license. You know, and the commission event was brewed, so the event commissioners that worked there got their per diems. It's not huge money. But and, uh, if you get 20 events in a new sport, you know, over the course of time, it starts to add up. And that's, you know, what enticed the commission. Not not once did the commission say, we got to analyze and and, 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 and and see the differences. Because we can do this on paper with the license system and the medicals and stuff like that. We The paper trail is there. Thank you for explaining that to us. But... Now I want to know the differences because that's what we have to be careful for and govern. And they never accepted that. They never do that, you know? And BKFC now runs into this where the commission wasn't there. And then the power slap or slapstick. Um, again, the commission, to me, I told, I've said this before. The commission should have said, no, thank you. This is not a sport. Thank you. You know, thank you. And, and the commissioner should have the power to do that to even a Dana White. And Dana White should have to go back and eat crow. But somehow, that power doesn't seem to exist. Now, they did do that to BKFC. Nevada is not sanctioning that. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Like I said, I think BKFC is a sport. Right. So I think that the, the initial cookie cutting of fitting them into the commission system we have now, which I think should be totally revamped anyway, right? But... If, if the that initial thought, if it moves the sport forward, I'm okay with. But a, a commission that says, "Hold on, we're going to do a bare knuckle event." I'm all commissioners, all hands on deck. We have to have a meeting, and we got to talk about what the differences are and what we're going to be doing here because this is a new sport. Very few of us, if any, have experience in it because it was illegal here before. So unless you've traveled or anything like that, and people from small community, you don't get many, you know, commissioners uh, or referees or judges from the Arizona commission as their source commission, you know, as the first one that licensed them. Those guys don't travel as much as the Herb Deans and the celebrity refs and, you know, the people that that are involved with that. So the chances that Nevada, that those people were prepared to do a, that sport are very small. And that's the frightening part. That they could actually that, that at some point they go, eh, it's enough like boxing. We got this. And it shouldn't and in MMA it led to very real problems with judging, refs still suck. Yep. You know, and in and, and BKFC, obviously it's it's leading to even more problems in the, the basic because in the UFC you've seen it. There was a guy, I forget which fighter it was, but he had like an ice pack and like a breathing technique that they were doing with him, and that was banned. I think it was Greg Jackson that did it with him. Maybe it was Diego. Was it Diego? I, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. 
but you remember that incident with the breathing thing, you know? Anyway, the point is, is at some point, the boxing commissioner in that corner, signed to that corner, recognized that that was something questionable and they bought it up. So you, you don't have maybe the deterioration, but now in bare knuckle, you do, because now a, a very simple job of make sure the corners aren't putting something on the fighter or feeding him something or giving him something, you know? Some of B12, you know, this goes back to the Panama Lewis days in boxing, you know, even before that. Oh, this is always a concern. That's what the, that guy's job is. So in BKFC, that a, a basic commission, a job we take for granted failed, and that's what happened. Um, and people probably didn't even, you know, if you think about it logically, obviously you do, but people hadn't even taken the leap of thinking that the commission has a person assigned to do that, but they do. That's the way the structure is. So that's a bit. And then with the slapstick, I think the, the failure is up the commission ladder because at the approval level is where now we're failing, you know? So I think there's a slide here of the commission system. And I think that they've been open to criticism and need not a revamping and a wholesale change of the system. And that's not coming anytime soon. They're, they're going to sit back on their haunches and, and try to preserve the system they have. But they need to be a little bit more aware of that, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, slapstick has a promoter, boxing has a promoter, so we can do a license, and then slapstick has fighter one, and slapstick has fighter two, and then boxing has fighter one and fighter two, and then they might even ask for the slapstick to do red and blue corners, so it's simple for them. Mm -hmm. This is the level that got stuff approved, I believe, because, like I said, the actual sit down and analyze of a sport to look at different, to pick the commissioners that are best suited for these positions by event, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. It's deteriorating as they add different modalities or rule bases or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I want to ask you, like, uh, you know, obviously we saw, like, Mar Margarito load Lotus Gloves against Cotto. We've seen some of this kind of stuff. I wonder, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, boxers coming into this bare-knuckle thing, are they, do you think maybe they have some apprehension and that's maybe why he did this? You know, uh, yeah, when I, we're I don't talking think, about Trout? I don't think every boxer would do, would do bare-knuckle. I think that some of them would say, no, not for me. And that and that's just a down to the individuals. And I, I don't want to say, oh, they're not tough enough or whatever. Everybody has their reason to do it. Now, once they've decided to do it, especially a boxer of Trout's level, Trout, in, in, in the building, Trout is probably the guy that knows the differences between boxing and bare knuckle better than anybody just by virtue of his experience. So, yeah, I think they do recognize, there are more X factors in this game, even cuts. You know, you don't, even cuts and you win a fight. You know, they let it go, you win a fight and stuff, but you don't, you know, you don't want to walk out with, you know, 14 stitches across your face, you know? I mean, there's some there's some things that that are an X factor in this sport. And I think that they would try to manage some of that in some way, shape or form. The clinch could be very dangerous. 
So how do you you know minimize the clinch? Well, we saw one way, and and now you know. Thank God for the fans out there that actually care because you know yeah you know oh, I got a million views on my video and you know this, but at the end of the day it is cheating and they called him out on it and that's cool. Yeah, I mean I think it's sad that the fans are the ones who have to pick up on this from the replay of you know just from the TV. Yeah, I mean it is that's that's the whole rant for you is that the commissions are you know consistently failing in you know really acting as a regulating body. You know, they act as a enabler of events at this point. You know, you get the commission involved and now if somebody dies, you know, the commission's legal and paperwork and stuff like that almost makes it bureaucratic anyway. The commission gives you that cover and then they don't ask questions and you can do whatever you want. Oh, that's almost, but if, that, that's a good description of what seems to be happening. You know what I mean? That's like, it might not be, you know, it might, but there, there's no, like I said, that's a basic breakdown in boxing. You know, they catch stuff like that. The commissions, the boxers, they may not, they may even know not to try it, you know, in that sport. And, and, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think it had, I think everything that you think about, I give Austin Trout credit for him and his crew thinking about as well, because they're professionals and they're, they, they were once absolutely at the peak of a very refined game. You don't get there without really knowing everything that's going on. And if you can take a little shortcut, not know, get noticed, get a little edge and it goes under the radar. I, I believe most boxing guys would try it because they also have that mentality of like, you know, that boxing is, is looked upon different in some way by, you know, they, they have their own, you know, psychology in boxing. It's part of the problem with the Jake Paul thing too, if you want me to rant more, but you know, um, in boxing, when you have respect among your peers, it's very, very important. You know, and I think Trout had that respect. And I think, you know, that governs it. How much respect you have for the guy against your the other corner maybe governs how much you, you'll bend some of the rules and things. And now we're just talking f philosophy. But yeah. I, I, I think Trout absolutely got away there with, you know, showing that the boxing commissions are useless. He should have He should have been thinking – if they catch me in boxing, they'll catch me here, you know? But I think at the end of the day, there's a guy who's fought in Vegas where you're followed by commissioners at times, you know what I mean? So in Albuquerque, they may have they may have gotten a whiff of a rube commission and been like, keep that in the back of your pocket. They won't catch it, you know? And, and you know, maybe Diego did something early in, in the grab or whatever, and the guy said, yeah, let's let's do it. But do I think that there was some premeditation by somebody? They're not. They're not stupid. They're veterans, and that's that. It's almost like a veteran move. I don't. You know, it is cheating. Like I said, the commission should suspend the corner man stuff. But you know, it's it's. I don't want to say light cheating because it's like you know, it's not that I want to belittle the cheating. I do want you know cheating to be governed in the sport, but. 
I could see I could see Trout's thought process to get to there and, and the corner's thought process to get to there. Now, one more thing I wanted to ask you. This was Knuckle Mania 3. So this was like big event for Bare Knuckle. So having this happen, in your opinion, how does that land with Bare Knuckle as far as the public perception? Or do you think it hurts them a little? I think Dave Feldman has shown how to overcome this. And the bottom line is, is, you know, the UFC had Patrick Cote jump into a main event on the week of the fight against Tito Ortiz. And it was a debacle. And people said, you know, it's not the exact same thing, but it was a debacle. And people said, are they going to, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to do another show? You know, is, is it bad enough? You know what? And they did. And that's what Feldman's going to do. The next show is already on the board and just go ahead and put it out and just, you know, Keep making the history so that that gets forgotten. And yeah, you're going to have to deal with some semantics. You may have, you know, some suspensions and stuff. I, I, I don't think this is a problem resolvable by a rematch, you know, respect to Diego. He may think that that might be a good idea, but you know, um, it's questionable if Trout will come back, but if he comes back, I'd give him a good hard fight and just move on. Um, with a suspended corner man, he'll have to deal with that on his end. If the corner man, like I said, or if something comes up with him and he gets suspended, that'd be worse. But like I said, the next bare knuckle shows are planned already. And that's how you overcome this. You got to put it in the past. Do you think some rival promoters might try to pick up on it, though, to kind of take a dig at bare knuckle? Like who, Dana? I don't know. I don't think Dana. You never know. I mean, he, you know, in I, a way, I, him doing it would kind of maybe give bare knuckle more attention than him not doing it. Right. And so I, and I don't think that they've got real competition, you know, I mean, there's BKB and there's a few other, you know, promotions, but there's been enough things like the Ken Shamrock shows where like people didn't get paid and things like that, that people are starting to to, to feel like BKFC is, is the top of the heap in the bare knuckle world. Um, Their presentation too, and, and, and the people that they've, they've been getting consistently now for a couple of years or for years now is, is, a notch above everybody else so people could try to take shots at them but again you overcome that by you know those promotions run three or four or five events a year maybe and they just charge forward and keep running just like the ufc right that's that's what they would do to other smaller promotions just keep trying to be, before you run another show feldman will run three and you've forgotten about this yeah do you think there'll be an investigation though do you think we'll see like any kind of news come out about investigation no, the boxing commission handles this. Then the boxing commission will probably come out and issue a suspension. Um, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what come, what becomes in public because what I'd be interested in seeing is I I'd be interested in seeing the commissioner assigned to the corner also be suspended, or at least in some way, you know, forced to participate in a bare knuckle fight or something to pay for his sins, you know. Um, but yeah, the the commissioner should be suspended and the corner man should be suspended at that point, you know, or that commissioner should lose his job and be like, look, you know, you can now collect the piss, you know, you, you, you don't get to actually be near the ring and, and see the fights and stuff that, that kind of job goes to senior guys. Don't get, don't get it mixed up. These guys, 
you know, they don't get paid a lot of money. So a lot of it is like, yeah, you know, when I was at the Mayweather fight and it's a lot of old time boxing habits as well, you know? So um, that commissioner assigned to a corner gets to see the fights. So it is a job that's coveted, you know, don't, you know, so that guy screwed up and he'll never be there again. Well, I think it's a good thing to end on, um, you know, Miguel, take you, appreciate you taking time to kind of give your expertise on this. this is something you have a lot of experience with and uh, for everyone watching, I hope you enjoyed uh, Miguel's angles on this and his knowledge. And uh, as always, I want to thank you for watching another episode of the MMA Conspiracy Hour. Until next time, this is Todd Atkins and Miguel Adorade. Take care. Okay, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who uh, listens to these episodes. And uh, as I encouraged earlier in my previous episode, a lot of the live stuff I'm doing is on YouTube. You can find my YouTube. Uh, you put in Todd Atkins or Todd Atkins Show. It'll be there. And uh, I'm doing most of my MMA Conspiracy Hour interviews, all that stuff. I'm going to start doing it live on YouTube so people can ask questions. And uh, I'd appreciate it if you subscribed, if you like my content. If not, it's no big deal. And uh, as always, anyone takes time to listen to stuff, I appreciate it. I'm going to try and get some more out today. Take care.